The text for our Gospel Proclamation today comes from the Gospel of St. John, the 10th chapter, verses 1 through 10. You'll want to pause the recording now and read the scripture before you listen to the homily. Welcome back. The shepherd, the gate, and the voice will never hate. The fourth Sunday in Easter is the Sunday we celebrate the Good Shepherd. Honestly, I never think about it in any other way than the fourth Sunday in Easter. But I know some people who can't refer to it as anything but the Good Shepherd Sunday. I suppose that is a good thing. Because Jesus, our shepherd, is the kind of good only God can be. But our appointed pericope reading for today actually leaves out verse 11, which refers to the Good Shepherd. Please don't ask me why. I honestly do not know. It seems as though you should use it for Good Shepherd Sunday, and yet it is saved for another set of readings for another day, and not today. It's specific namesake day. But it does refer to a shepherd, a gate, and a voice. Jesus is speaking at the temple after healing a man who was born blind. The event was so extraordinary amongst the people, they brought the formerly blind man to the Pharisees to be consulted on their opinion of the man's healing by Jesus. Since Jesus was healing on the Sabbath, the Pharisees immediately dismissed the God-man's healing on his day of rest. Even the formerly blind man could see just how foolish their thinking was, and even went so far as to call them out by saying, Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a blind man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Well, needless to say, it took these learned men of the law less than a hot minute to cast the formerly blind man away from their presence for his perceived insolence. But as much as their injustice is misplaced on this innocent man, Jesus finds the mark perfectly with his parable carefully concocted for their ignorant and inattentive ears. Amen, amen, I say to you, the one not entering through the gate into the sheep pen of the sheep, but goes by another way, that one is a thief and a criminal. Immediately, Jesus goes to work on his opponents like a metalsmith to hot iron from the coals, pounding them again and again with imagery and nuance that molds them into spiritual submission with truth evident to all. The sheep pen for sheep is very familiar to the listeners of his day, being the necessary vehicle by which their flocks were protected at night from predators that would easily lay waste to the herds 
had they been left out in the open whilst their shepherds got their much-needed nocturnal rest. Massive pens were constructed with impenetrable fences, and the shepherd could rest easy in the literal narrow gate that a predator would have to transverse by stepping on each shepherd before they ever reached their tasty prey. Indeed, every shepherd could lay as the gate and doze off thinking, only over my dead body will any predator get to my sheep. If a thief or a criminal would try to steal their kids away, they would indeed have to find another way to get in, lest they be set upon by shepherds equipped with hardy slings to fend off any foe. If the Pharisees listened, they knew who the bad guy was. They all did. It was indeed the one with the voice the sheep did not recognize as their protector, healer, and provider of sustenance. They also know who the good guy was too. They always had. From the Psalms and the prophet Ezekiel. He was a shepherd king. Indeed the good shepherd. Indeed the best shepherd ever. But the Pharisees had ceased to be proper shepherds. And had become increasingly all out thieves and criminals themselves. They came up with spiritual care for the sheep that was not necessary, did nothing, and even falsely attributed God's glory to themselves. They had benefited from their silly man-made rules and pranced about in their fine man-made clothes to utter adulation of man and woman alike. They quickly convinced their people to follow them. They would lead them where God never told them to go and do what God never told them to do. They came in like thieves and criminally took them from the sheep pen of God and constructed a fence of rules around God's law to make sure they could declare themselves righteous by achieving their pathetic program, never getting to the heart of God's will at all. We see this in our modern spiritual communities. The pharisaical heart of the world has not been abandoned. It is simply wearing a more modern outfit and communicated with programs available online with a price that enriches the pastors who promote them. In easy lessons each day, you can manipulate God's word to say anything you wanted to and nothing God intends it to. Tempting you. To be just a little more like Jesus every day. So the world can be a better world for us today. The problem isn't that you want to be like Jesus. Because you should want that. The problem is someone tells you you can be like Jesus. And even worse, you have to. These snake oil salesmen of spiritual ill repute prowl around communities minimally associated with God's word, knowing they can make their fortunes by means of God's most vulnerable children, and then abandon them when the turnip no longer produces blood. 
Not so our God. He is the gate. That stronghold in word and sacrament that gives the objective truth and hope for God's people without cleverly concocted schemes and flash in the pan spiritual fashion. Our God knows that he alone must protect his sheep by being the impenetrable door that the forces of evil must crash through in order to get to the vulnerable sheep. And devil may dare did Satan ever give it his best shot. He managed a kangaroo court of criminals and thieves with nothing but false testimony to condemn the only good man there ever was. He manipulated the most expansive empire in the world I'd ever seen to affirm their trade of conviction. He even showed his utter contempt for the king of the universe by motivating mocking soldiers to mock him with a purple robe and a painful crown of thorns. He tried to steal the children of God by any means possible and exposed himself as the most criminal antichrist there ever was. He stole Jesus from his disciples He murdered Jesus on the cross and made every attempt to destroy the church before it ever started. He did everything Jesus wanted him to over our Lord's dead body. The devil was a liar, a cheater, and above all, little concerned with methods he used to achieve his goal. When you have leaders that are marginally concerned with methods, then that is when the monsters come out. The monsters indeed came out in the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Roman officials, and the high priest and exposed the voice of the very devil the sheep would never listen to because they knew that wasn't good. And it certainly wasn't their shepherd It was the voice of nothing but a monster. When under-shepherds come in Jesus' name, they come in his way, with his words. They care little for their glory and want only the glory for God. They know you can't be like Jesus and won't burden you with the pressure to do so. They know They need Jesus as much, if not more, than the sheep do. And the ultimate good shepherd does the heavy lifting and the actually forgiving. They hold the gate with the good shepherd, knowing Jesus' power alone secures it for any power that attempts to prevail against him. And he sends his sheep out of the secure sheep pen of the church to call more sheep with his undeniable voice. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the voice we could never hate. Amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.